Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, His Eminence, Richard Cardinal Heilman. Did I say that right? I think, the, does the Cardinal come in between the names, or do we know for yeah, sure? I think, I think it does. Card- it's something like that. We're still working on it. To, I always put just, it first. Just so. go with your eminence. Yeah. Okay, your eminence, yes. And tonight, our guest is Daniel O'Connor. He is back, and by popular demand, we're thrilled to have him back and talk some more about the faith. And for those of you who are aware, at the time we record this, Bishop Strickland just released a letter, and we're going to break a little bit of that down and talk about what it means that the church is going through her passion right now. It is a very serious subject. But of course, everything begins with prayer, and your eminence, we leave that to you. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Your Eminence. And thank all of you out there who support the U.S. Grace Force podcast. As always, we cannot do this without you. Your prayers, your encouragement, I always say, mean the world to us. So thank you for that. Please keep us in your prayers. And for those of you who support us through the Patreon program, what an amazing help you are to continue to get this message out. And in the amount of time we have and the resources available, we want to reach as many hearts and souls, as many lives as possible. For those of you interested in supporting us through the Patreon program, please click the link in the description below. And a few dollars, I always say, goes a long way in helping to spread this. Don't forget also to like and share subscribe to the channel and let's continue to grow this we are in the thick of a battle and it's a very real battle and as we're going to be breaking down tonight it addresses the fact that the church is as bishop strickland mentions in his letter the church is going through a passion now her passion and this makes us think back a little bit uh, a few episodes back when we had monsignor charles pope with us and he talked about the great shaking that would come that the catechism paragraph 675 i believe is the number if i'm not mistaken states that we would all be shaken and our faith would really go through a test. And this is looking like that's in part, at least what's going on right now. So we have a good guest with us tonight to discuss this, break this down. Daniel, good to have you back, brother. Honored to be back. Thank you for having me back. I didn't get fired from last time. That's good. No, Maybe no, this time it, I will. <laughs> I think some of it is because you you have a signature hat that you wear, yeah, as do right. I. Thanks and, to you. You were yeah. you, your web that was the first time I did it. People don't need to see my receding airline anymore. Just, <laughs> well, what that? well, my mine has gone back so far. I, I try not to be too much of a light to the world. Uh or, I was or, trying to tell you that's not what Jesus meant when he said be a light to the world. You don't need a reflecting for it. It's not a reflection. Okay. It's, no. supposed, it's supposed to be from the heart and soul. Yes. I get it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, good to have you back. Now, this is, I mean, at the time we record this, just, I think, today, if I'm not mistaken, this right. letter came out. Yes, yeah, um, as we're recording today. Pretty serious uh, situation, too. Bishop's blog, Letter to the Faithful, November 27th, 2023. And this is just an open letter to the faithful from Bishop Joseph Strickland. And for those who are not caught up to speed, Joseph Strickland was the bishop of the Tyler, Texas Diocese, which is actually where I live. I'm in the Tyler area. And he was just recently removed. And he, he was asked to resign. He said he would not. So they basically stripped him of his position and uh, fired him from being the Bishop of Tyler. So he is a bishop without a diocese, as he says. But he breaks down in this letter the struggles that we're going through right now. And I mean, Daniel, let's just get right into it. You've got a great background. You, you're very, very educated regarding theology and what's going on in the church and the times, but also the prophecies and things that are unfolding as well. So you're a great guest to really go through this and break down what we are going through right now. Could, could start off by just giving us a little synopsis of what you see in, as the church is going through the struggles that she's going through and how that ties in with the bishop stating essentially that the church is now going through her passion. Yeah, and he said it right there, and that's why we have this right there in front of you on the screen, that now is the passion of the church. And Bishop Strickland, he says right here in his letter, prophetically, and and I'm absolutely convicted he's right. He says, do not, in capital letters, do not ever, ever leave the church. She is the bride of Christ. She is now undergoing her passion. And you must resolve to stand resolutely at the cross. Now, in in, in general eschatologically, theologically, we know that the, that the, the church is the mystical body of Christ. Biologically, we know where the body goes, where the head has gone, the body must go. Christ is the head of the church. 
she as the body of the church, the mystical body of Christ, I should say, must go where the head has gone. Now, Christ had his passion. He had his resurrection. We know with faith, we know that that resurrection will come after the passion. We must have absolute, absolute faith and conviction and hope in that. But we know that the passion must come. We know the Good Friday must come before Easter Sundays. And then we have this, this time of peace, the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary before the and when he comes again in glory at the end of time to judge the living and the dead, the ascension at the very end of time. So that's ultimately what we're looking forward to. And that's what we have our absolute supernatural hope in. But right now, our material hope is in this resurrection, this triumph of the church preceded by the church undergoing her passion. And we're seeing for Bishop Strickland, and, I, and I've for years and years felt like he is, is a real prophet. And I'm sure he wouldn't want me saying that because he's a very humble man and he, and he doesn't see himself as anything special, but he is because... He's going through his own his own passion right now, his own persecution, and he's staying on the straight and narrow path of our Lord. He's not rebelling against the church, but on the other hand, he's not compromising on the faith, on the magisterium, on the principles, on the call that he has received from our Lord as a successor of the apostles. He's not compromising and he's not rebelling. He's staying on that path the Lord has called him to, and he's saying now that the church is now undergoing her passion. Now, we as members of the church, that has a very particular call for us today. We need to listen. We need to listen and we need to obey our Lord, heaven's calls to the church instead of sleeping, instead of sleeping through the clear right. calls of heaven as she's undergoing her passion. Yeah. yeah, you were talking about that as we were preparing for this podcast, Daniel. You you talked about the, the that image of you know the apostles asleep and then Jesus, you know, appealing to them, couldn't you stay with awake with me one hour? Couldn't you pray with me? And I just think it's a perfect image because I, I feel like that's that's what we're doing. The other the other analogy I've used before is is uh, we're going shopping and golfing. But I just feel like you know, uh, the way we're doing faith, the way we're doing religion in the last 50 years uh, is is that instead of awake, praying with Jesus, right? Uh, instead, we've, we've, we've had, um, I don't know, kind of a playful atmosphere. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't compel us to, to pray. Uh, you know, it, it's we sing along with each other, we hold hands, we and I, all the stuff that, that we've gone through in the last fifty years. But uh, but what has it done instead? And I, I said this because I thought your image again went that they were asleep. As I said, it's led to a lukewarm kind of faith. It, it's not that intense resolve. Uh, you know that that okay, we're going to the cross with you, Lord. No, they bolted, they left. Uh, because why? Because they didn't have that good preparation time when they stayed awake with the Lord and prayed with him and, and got one with him. What was that line from Bishop Strickland, uh, his letter, which I just love? Um, you must resolve to stand resolutely at the cross. I mean, listeners know that I've been uh, promoting the, uh, the line, unite at the foot of the cross. That's what we're doing. But instead, it, we, we've been, um, we've been uh, almost trained to, to, to sleep, to be lukewarm, to not take it too seriously. Uh, and, and then what, then what happens is that then um, everything that, that, that betrays God, okay, betrays his word, uh, his will uh, is easily, inserted into the faith because we're over there sleeping we're over there unconscious you know we're not we're not consciously aware of what's going on and and i say all that too because um this letter came today this is monday uh november 27th that we're recording and um i actually picked this day several weeks ago because i said we are you know we're being persecuted um, th th it is the passion of the church. It's go time. And I think too, with things like in the culture that are going on, like the, like an election year coming up and things like that, um, the synod and, and all that, uh, that, that we're called to have that resolve, right. 
to to stand with him at the foot of the cross. Uh, that's why I picked today to go all in. I mean, uh, you know, to to get up, brush myself off, and go at this. And so one of the things that I'm doing is I'm fasting, and uh, I'm doing a pretty intense fast too. But I I always and we can get into that if we want. But the, the science is caught up to God on fasting that it's actually really healthy for for you to do, do it unless you have medical conditions. But but um, but fasting does what I believe fasting gets us to take it seriously to have that resolve because look I'm really want a cheeseburger right now <laughs> no but instead I'm choosing nope I want to get strong I want to stay awake I want to I want to be next to my Lord at the foot of the cross you know it says all that uh and um so so Daniel that's all my way of saying, you know, can you expound maybe a little bit of your beautiful analogy of, of those mm. apostles who were sleeping at the critical moment they were sleeping? Well, too often I'm sleeping. You know, I when I was talking to Doug earlier today, I had just finished a McDonald's double bacon cheeseburger. No, <laughs> no, no. No, I know I made you jealous on the phone there. I know I made you jealous when I said that I just... I, I thought you, I thought you sure were having steamed broccoli. I, I didn't think it was... No steamed broccoli for me. No, right no, I don't want anything green on my plate. No. <laughs> double bacon cheeseburger. So I'm going to have to start giving those up. You know, not not permanently. But yes, I this I, I was inspired by Father's, Father's own example here because I, you know, we, we're starting this new year here. This is the time if you've been and I, I think i left out too real quick daniel that yeah. the reason i picked today was it's the day after the feast of christ the king exactly. which right. is the last sunday of the year so he i is, said he is the monday king. is go time right right yeah, now we're getting now we got to start yep. if, if you've been if you've been a little lazy a little gluttonous like me uh, i know i just weighed myself for the first time in like a year so pray for me <laughs> i shouldn't have done that <laughs> so we, we got to get back to fasting and prayer because that's what that's what our ladies messages are calling us to mm-hmm. and this is an exact parallel to the apostles in the garden and it, it, we need to be like mary not like peter so what was it three times jesus in the garden came and asked them for to, yeah. to pray and and they, each time they just went back to sleep yeah like, you know man it's it, if he asked you that many times, you better start praying. But instead, each time they go back to sleep. But instead of listening to these calls of heaven, you know, so today we have a lady coming down from heaven like never before, asking us to do certain things. Jesus himself is the kingdom of God on earth. He is heaven on earth. He's calling them. So it's just like today. So we're sleeping through those. But are we like Peter when we start to see that it's hitting the fan? When we start to see that the passion of the church is coming, are we suddenly more than willing to go cutting off ears, you know, to throw a fit, to become right. angry and vitriolic and vengeful when we see that this is happening? When what are we? Why are we surprised? You know, when when I, whenever I see people get acting surprised, at what's happening? I say, have you been have you been looking at all at the prophecies for decades now? They've been right. the only surprising thing would be if this didn't happen. We've been told for so long this is coming. This is at the door, and now the door is opening. We better not start cutting off ears because that's not what Jesus is calling us to. You know, Peter, you know, of course, he cut off the ear of the servant. And Jesus said, you know, those who live by the sword die by the sword. This is not what I'm calling you to now. What I called you to was prayer. You didn't want that. You wanted to sleep instead. So we need to not sleep through the calls of heaven. We need to listen to them and follow them, listen to them and follow through. And the very next thing Bishop Strickland says in this letter is a perfect trifecta summary of what almost all of the messages have been saying for decades now, because it all comes back to it. They're telling us, live a life centered in the Eucharist. Go to confession regularly, at least once a month, and then pray the rosary every day. And that's exactly what he says in the very next sentence. So, Father, you just quoted him saying that the church is now undergoing a passion. We must resolve. You must set your face like flint, as it says of Jesus, mm-hmm. even um, in the Old Testament prophet, I've set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. And that's not presumption if it's supernatural hope, if it's founded on supernatural hope. So we set our face like flint to obey his will, to do his will, not our own will. And what is that? Heaven is said. Eucharist, confession, Rosary, and those are the three things that Bishop Strickland says in the very next sentence of that letter. That's what Our Lady is calling us to. You know, and that's been kind of a resounding theme, you know, for several of our you know more recent guests. 
and this is really the resounding theme, I think, for a lot of people, Daniel, is, is are really those bullet points. I mean, what are the things that we should be focusing on? And it's 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 Eucharist, it's confession, and it's rosary, it's devotion to Our Lady, it's it's really developing and training up the mind and the heart when it comes to these things, and it's with a real sense of discipline. Um, and you're right, this has been something that's been going on for so many years, going back to you know Fatima at least, mm -hmm. you know, just over a hundred years where she was very clear about praying the rosary every day, and yet we find this attitude of some people saying, well, but it was a private revelation, so we don't have to abide by it. I mean, well, technically, maybe not, but it doesn't make a lot of sense that we would reject it and think that we have a better way to go about this when this miraculous event of the children in Fatima comes from heaven and is clearly noted, clearly, uh, you know, uh, tested, investigated the miracle of the sun and so many of the miracles that happened around that time. That was Fatima alone. And then moving on, of course, other church approved apparitions and miracles that took place that really emphasized the same thing over and over. Daniel, I'm curious, break down a bit, if you could, please, you know, when we talk about the church going through her passion, um, what does that passion look like? I mean, we're seeing signs of things, you know, we know Our Lady of Akita in 1973 said that we would have problems in the clergy to the highest levels and so forth, you know, but we are seeing these things unfold, obviously with, you know, bishops being canceled, good priests being canceled. Um, Cardinal Burke, uh, it's been noted in the news as of late that he's kind of under the gun too. Uh, these types of things are very common now. What do you see with your research investigation and paying attention to the signs of the times? What do you see as the passion that the church is, is undergoing that we can at least understand right now because it could get a lot worse yeah. it could be stuff that's off the charts we can't even comprehend what do you see though unfortunately i think it will get a lot worse and if you better buckle your seatbelt because what we've seen so far is a preview for what's coming yeah and you know that when, when you say you know for sure private revelation you have to listen to it and a lot of people they, they just want to completely ignore it and, and and i'm not saying it's it's required for salvation i'm not saying it's part of the deposit of faith but i always think back to the uh uh Revelation, the apparitions of Our Lady of uh, Cabejo. And, and I was just at a conference a couple of weeks ago. I was speaking to Immaculate Ilbegiza. And her testimony now is, is unbelievably powerful because she talks about Our Lady of Cabejo coming a decade before that genocide and saying, you know, rivers of blood, they're coming. But here's what you need to do. You know, pray the rosary and, and, and reiterating what, she's, what Our Lady is always saying in the apparitions. And they didn't listen. Because it was, oh, just a private revelation. And, and in fact, I remember Immaculate saying, I had dinner with her the night before, she was saying, oh, the people who heard that, they were thinking, okay, maybe this is hundreds of years from now. Who knows? No, it was it was 10 years from, that was just several years away that, that what she was speaking of came. They they had just pushed it off just far enough to not have to think about it. But no, Our Lady, can't, Our Lady comes because it's urgent. And we have had exponentially more apparitions in these last several decades uh, exponentially more than ever before in history are all of them authentic of course not but many of them are and those authentic ones she's coming for a reason and that reason is not so we can just ignore her and what that you know in terms of what as you said uh, what we might see coming well i believe we're coming to the threshold of that great apostasy that's been prophesied in so many apparitions i think back to Fatima, I, I, I look a lot at Our Lady's messages to Father Gobi. I still believe in those. You know, I know not everybody does, but I'm still a big devotee of those. But this great apostasy reaching the very heights that divine providence could possibly allow it to reach, but not one inch further, because Jesus said that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But the great apostasy will reach up to the very limits that it could possibly reach, not an inch further. But what would that mean? Well, that would mean this shadow magisterium and so many messages. I've got several on my screen just now from uh, Pedro Regis, who has the support of his bishop. He, Our Lady has been constantly telling him about this great apostasy coming and that our call is to stick with the true magisterium. And I, and people are all confused. What's the true magisterium? I got this bishop telling me this. I got this bishop telling me that. I got the Pope saying this in an interview. I got him saying this in an, in the magisterium. I got and people don't know what to do. And I have such a simple answer to that. And it's, it's right here. It's the catechism of the Catholic Church. Mm. And that's gonna that, that's going to keep you safe from the great apostasy. I I, I know I get attacked for saying that on both sides, <laughs> rad trads and and modernists, you know. But look, Pope Saint. Pope St. John Paul II in 1992, 
he promulgated an apostolic constitution, Fidei Depositum, if I have the name right. And he said, I declare this to be a sure norm for teaching the faith. That's a declaration. That's a formal declaration in an apostolic constitution. So if you want to say the catechism doesn't matter, it's just an index of teachings that that actually matter. What you're saying is that an apostolic constitution doesn't matter, wherein the Pope says, I declare this mm. is to be a sure norm. And, I, and you can't go there. So he's saying, now, but what does that apply to? That applies to the text that actually existed when he when he promulgated that apostolic constitution in 1992. Okay, I'm sorry if I'm getting if I'm throwing too many Latin words at you now. The point of all this is there could be a time in the future. I don't know. There could be a time where they try to slip heresy into the catechism. But remember, the catechism's magisterial weight derives from Pope St. John Paul II in 1992, declaring it a sure norm. In the future, and I'm speculating here because I don't know the future because I'm certainly not a prophet. I just try to read what they're what's, what, what heaven's telling us through them. They're going to try to change the perennial 2,000-year-long tradition of the church, magisterium of the church, infallible teaching of the church on sexuality, on marriage, on homosexuality, on ordination, on the Eucharist itself, on the faith itself. They're going to try to say that Catholicism, Christianity, it's not the only way. Everybody's called to their own path up the same mountain. They're going to try perhaps even to change the words of consecration, which no one can do. Not even the Pope has the slightest power to change yeah. the words of consecration. Jesus settled those in the gospel. This is my body. Don't ever go to a mass where the priest says this is his body or this is Christ's body. Or this is like his body. That is not the Eucharist because we cannot change the matter or form. The, the Antichrist, he's going to want to, uh, above all, attack the mass. He's going to want to invalidate the Eucharist. And that's what the prophecies have warned of uh, warned of for a long time, is that the Antichrist wants to get rid of the holy sacrifice of the mass. And that's even in scripture for 3.5 years. So you stick with what the church has always taught. The perennial teaching of the church cannot ever change. And you'll find that. I still believe you'll find that summarized best. Above all your Bible, of course, read that every day, but also your catechism. Get a hard copy of that. In case they try to go changing it on you and try to slip something in the future without the magisterium behind that change, mm -hmm. stick yeah. with what it teaches. And that, mm -hmm. I believe, will keep you safe. Yeah. We've I been like referring that. to Our Lady of Akita rec uh, recently mm -hmm. and, you know, how the error will infiltrate the church, you know, and mm -hmm. but based on, again, your excellent image of the apostles sleeping in the garden and Jesus appealing to them to be alert, to be awake, but to pray with him. And, and I, what, you know, when I think that about that more deeply, it, it, unite with me, be at one with me. Okay. And, and, and so that when these attacks come, we're united together. We're band together. What's going on in the church right now. And I'd like to hear your comment on this, but um, by and large, we're asleep. And, that's why the infiltrators feel this is their time, because by and large we're asleep. And what does Bishop Strickland call us to do? To wake up, to be alert, do uh, what Christ wants you to do. Can you stay awake with me? Can you share wholeheartedly, not punch the clock, share the Holy Eucharist with me? Okay? You know, let me get in that close to you that I get inside you. Uh, let's let's let bygones be bygones. Let's get receive forgiveness. Let's start fresh with a brand new day, having received absolution. Let's let's grasp the the amazing gift that we've been given of the Blessed Mother, that tender mother that appeals to our Lord for us. You know, let's embrace all that. That's what he says. He not pick up a sword. You know, and and I think that to me that's analogous to what people do on social media. They're just attack, 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 mm -hmm. and and they're, they're, are they physically killing anybody? No, but they're they're killing their reputation. Okay, with calumny and detraction, it's as if Peter's cutting off the ear, right? Um, no, no, and that's not what Bishop Strickland is calling us to. He's calling us to unite. Let's get let's get up. Okay, wake up. All right. And let's do what the essence of our faith is all about. Let's do that for sure first. And let's unite at, at the foot of the cross. Let's be resolute to not abandon our Lord in this time of 
the the church you know in the midst of her passion of the attack that that's what i see the passion is the passion of the christ i mean he was whipped and then he was nails and you know he's hung on a cross and um you know we're, we're in the midst of that right now and are we over there sleeping and i think we are i think we are and so so i i just love what bishop strickland is doing and one of the things that he said in his letter too, I just want to mention this real quickly, is that when he was re- it was read to him why they're doing this, they didn't give him a copy. He's, he's kind of begging for a copy right now. He said in his letter, but um, but none of it had to do with administrative. The 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 diocese is uh, financially doing very well mm-hmm. uh, per capita. They have the most seminarians in the whole country, you know, per capita. Um, you know, so it's 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 really doing well, and they didn't object to any of that it was that how dare you say openly what the church teaches in this time where we're really counting on people to be asleep okay where are the other apostles why aren't they awake all right why aren't they objecting to this 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 threat of of of, of infiltration into the church uh, Cardinal Burke is, you know, in the five cardinals with the Dubia uh, that they put out, but uh, very few others. Um, we need right now to wake up and we need to be alert and we need to be ready to say, you know, to pro- like the apostles could have done, they could have protected our Lord. Uh, but anyways, so Daniel, they saw my way just of saying that uh, how important it is right now for us to get intimate with our lord you yeah. know we talk about yeah i love i love jesus i love god you know no do you really are you really really close to him so not only do you love him and want to protect the church in every way but you want every way possible to demonstrate that love for him by doing things precisely the way he's asked us to do it could you comment on that? Yeah, and that's that's what our Lord is asking of us. That's what all the messages from heaven for decades now have been asking yeah. of us. And that is what Bishop Strickland is asking of us right here. He's not saying throw a revolt against the church or tell right. condemn the pope or tell it say he's not the pope or lead a new schism or something. He's not saying he's not even saying, you know, go on marches to protest what's been done to me. He's saying <laughs> Eucharist rosary confession so that's that that's what he's saying so don't don't you know throw a fit against me when when i'm encouraging that i'm just reiterating the good bishop's message here that he published today so that this intimacy with our lord don't attack the pope you know don't pick up your sword and cut off the pope's ear right we want to cut off ears and i want to cut off ears too look at the sword behind i got a sword behind me right now i got one behind me here too Where's your sword, Doug? Come on. I expected you to have one. I I can show you what I got if I my kids still remember your sword from Battle Red. My 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 son, he's like, be battle ready. He's got the rosary wrapped around his knuckle and everything. I love it. I love it. Now my crusader sword is actually uh in a different room right now. And there's a time for the crusader sword. Absolutely. And there will be con you know, Jesus will tell us what to do, when to do it. He, you know, at the same passion, he said, Whoever does not have a sword, sell your cloak and buy a sword. So, right. you know, he's going to lead us to everything we need to do. But in this in, in this context, what we're talking about now, it, what we're called to in this in this chaos in the church is not this is not vengeance. You know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Uh, never avenge yourselves. Romans twelve. Uh, you know, never repay evil for evil. Where this, what we're called to now is stand. Oh wait, wait, is that a helmet I see right? There? <laughs> put on nice. the full armor of god you nice. win you win i didn't even know you had a helmet right there you right? win <laughs> all i have is a sword behind me. i got a sword so and a helmet <laughs> that's what i'm gonna wear from now on to cover up my balding head but uh, the ball that's a crusader to be my new signature hat for the podcast is the helmet <laughs> yeah if Peter had a helmet, that would have been all right. It was just the cutting off ears that was the problem. Now, thankfully, Jesus was able to put that ear back on. But if you if you go cutting off ears now, that that might be a little different. So, this instead, what we're called to is this intimacy with our Lord in Eucharist, confession, rosary. So, you know, Eucharist—that's the source and summit of our lives as Christian, as a catech- as the Catechism says. As and as I'm saying, you know, go back to that. Whenever you're confused, go to that. That'll settle it for you. Um, 
but mass bishop bishop strickland letter he says mass every sunday but he doesn't just say that he says and as often as possible so mm -hmm. i'm always careful with this because i know the duties of your state and life come first if with your job and family it's not possible for you our lord understands i understand certainly but for those for whom it is possible and reasonable i, I would strongly encourage mass every single day it's been the greatest grace of my life for 15 years now being able to go every single day Pope mm -hmm. St. Pius X, he wrote a whole encyclical on this, Sacra Tridentina, talking about how the fathers of the church, they unanim almost unanimously said, when in the Our Father, give us this day our daily bread, that was about the Eucharist being every day. Like this was the standard from the early church. And unfortunately, it fell out of favor. Jansenism is like, oh, we're never worthy for the Eucharist. We have to receive it most, maybe never. And the church said, came in and said, no, you have to receive at least once a year. Mm. But, but really, it's best every day if you can. So this intimacy with our Lord in the Eucharist. And what Father Heilman was saying with the lukewarmness there, it's so easy to think we're on the right side because we're checking off the box, you know, check off the box, punch in. You know, Doug, you were talking that a few weeks ago last month. You were talking about the punch yeah. in, punch out Catholics, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. procedural the, Catholic. Yeah. Just clock in, clock out, check the boxes. I've done my duty, taken my yep. spiritual vitamins mm -hmm. and I'm good. But it's not the heart to heart Catholic like you're talking right. about now. Right. You get the heart connection. And then it's yeah. not the listening. You 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 don't yeah. you're not able to listen if you're if you're just treating Jesus like he's your boss or something like that. You right. know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to be more than that. I, I I no longer call you servants, but what was the gospel? I no longer call you slaves, but friends. Right. Friends of God. That's unbelievable. And he right. goes further than that too. He says, "Whoever does the will of my Father is my brother and yeah. sister and mother." So we're actually in his own divine family by doing his will, and 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 we and that's fully incarnate body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. And, and as, as I said, uh, maybe in that talk, but um, it, it's, it's not even fair. It's like if life is a test and in one way you can think of it as that for eternity, which is above all, that's all that ultimately matters is eternity. If you can think of life as a test for that, it's like Jesus, it's like God just gave us the answer key. It's as if I just gave my students a test and then I also gave them the answer key at the same time. It would be ridiculous. It would be stupid for me to do that. But that's what, <laughs> that's what God did for us by giving us life and also giving us the Eucharist because that's everything we're after is right there in the Eucharist. Like you, you can just go to Mass, go to Adoration, and you're right there in heaven, basically. Then really, I mean, Dan, with what you're saying, then it kind of boils down to we, we, we've got everything that we need. It's right here at our, at, at our, at our hand, at our fingertips. Um, it just boils down a lot to, and Father, you and I were talking about this earlier today. We were discussing the podcast for tonight is it, it boils down to an act of the will, like that, that commitment and the discipline. I've got to be committed, and commitment means that I'm all in. And then the discipline of actually grinding it out every day and doing what I know must be done in order to, to, to express these things that we're talking about. A love for God requires an effort from my soul, from my heart, and it's an act of the will. And that that's the greatest action we can take is that act of the will to climb out of ourselves and just give ourselves over to God. I mean, I think of, you know, you know, the, the disciples, John chapter six, when everybody walks away at the discourse of the bread of life and Jesus turns and he could have easily said to them, Hey, you know, guys, I'm feeling a little vulnerable now. Everybody's bailing on me, you know, guys stay with me. But instead he turns and he says, are you going to leave as well? And Peter says those famous words, where else are we going to go? You're the one with the words of eternal life. I just I like your comment on this, Daniel. I kind of get the feeling Peter might not have fully understood even what he was saying, because he kind of gives us the impression that he kind of talks sometimes before he thinks, um, you know, he's got that that, that that spirit, you know, <laughs> that gusto. But, you know, where else are we going to go? Could have simply meant, you know what? I don't even have any idea where we would go. Right. <laughs> you just seem to be the yeah. best option right now. But <laughs> you I have it, to have it figured out. Yeah. But, but you to know me, that could, there's nowhere else to go. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of look at that as, you know, that's kind of him saying, you have our hearts, Lord. I mean, our hearts are tied to you now. I don't know what else we're going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but but yeah. that's, you know, not to go off maybe into that area but of, of that particular passage, but that's what I get with the intimacy part is that he's looking for that. Or one of my favorite scripture verses is Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Um, I think it's, it's, I think it's chapter 20, right around verse seven, and it's his interior crisis. The famous, you duped me, O Lord, and you I let myself me. be duped. You were too strong for me. I will mm -hmm. not preach your name anymore. And he's complaining. And then he but says, then it wells up within me like a fire. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Prison in my bones. I grow weary. What else am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. He says, I, I have to, I must. That's the heart to heart. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, would you would you see that as that? Yeah. Is that what we're Be heart for? to heart with him. You know, you're look, if you're watching this podcast, odds are you already realize there's nowhere else to go. And there yeah. is nowhere else to go. What are you going to do? Become Protestant? Which one of the 10,000 denominations? You're going to Eastern Orthodox? They've already split a million times. Mm-hmm. They, they got a bunch of heresies also. There's nowhere else to go. And this is Christianity. This is the only religion that doesn't just pretend to give you an answer. It actually gives you God himself. There's no other religion even as mm. bold enough to claim that God himself became man. You know, you tell that, I tell it to my Muslim students, they think they call me an infidel. And my Buddhist students, they, what, the, so I teach comparative religion. But anyway, um, th- this is it. This is the only, this is the only religion that's even worth it. I- even if you pretend for the sake of argument that the claims of every religion are true, this is the only one that's worth it. Christianity and Catholicism is the only one that's ultimately worth it because we're the only Catholicism is the only one that gives you Jesus Christ himself and the succession of the apostles and the papal magisterium. This is the only one that gives you everything. There's nowhere else to go. So make an act of the will. As, as Doug was saying, it doesn't matter what you feel. You're not judged at the end of time. You're not judged on your feelings because those aren't up to you. Those are those come. They come and go. You're judged based on your will. So you know, you know that this is the truth. You know that this is what God is asking of us. You know that this is what heaven is asking of us. Our Lord, our lady, I promise you, my job as a philosopher is to, is to find any little loophole I can possibly find to weasel out of something. There's no way to weasel out of what heaven is asking of us today. I promise you this is it. So make you realize intellectually that it's true, and it is, and you make an act of the will to follow through. And that's all it takes is that act of the will. It doesn't matter what you feel, but you do it. And eventually the feelings, God willing, they'll come. Yeah. But right now you do what you know his will is, not your own. You stay close to him in the Eucharist, in confession. You stay close to our lady in the rosary. They got it covered. You don't You don't need to have this all figured out. They've got it covered. You stay close to them. They're, they're in charge right now. I, Daniel, I just um, I want to insert this real quick. And I, and I have a point to it, too. But um, we're in the giving season. I'm, I'm holding up my combat rosary, and I just want people to know there's a 501c3 out there called Combat Rosaries for Heroes. Maybe we could put uh, a little link to that up. But Combat Rosaries for Heroes, and you can donate, and then we can get rosaries to uh, military, to the law enforcement, to, to everybody who's putting their lives on the line. And uh, what made me think of that is, right now is um, – why are we living in a time when strength, instead of being admired, is being seen as a threat? Now you got Bishop Strickland. From everything I know, this man is courageous and incredibly close to God. This is a man that practically lives in the Adoration Chapel. Um, but but he will not allow his flock to be deceived. And, and without, as a shepherd, standing up and saying, no, 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 this is what the church teaches. For that, he and many other priests, and we saw what happened with Cardinal Burke today, too, in the news, um, that kind of strength is now in these times seen as a threat instead of to be admired. What's going on, Daniel? Mm. Yeah. Well, this attack on fatherhood, really. We don't right. want to see fathers right. anymore. And right. above all, we don't want to see spiritual fathers. You fund so the we... police, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When we have our the ultimate fathers on earth today are, are our shepherds, of course. Yeah. And when, and when there's that, one the military, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, de- they decided to put to, to live their lives, to, to put themselves in harm's way so we can live in peace and security. Uh, that's amazing. Not today. You're a threat. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Yeah. Maybe well, Doug, it's... too, you, you have some thoughts about that, but um, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get what's going on, I, except, you know, it's a demonic spirit in the air. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, Strickland, you know, they, they came up with Strickland. He, he's being a true father of his, of his uh, flock here. And, I, you know, God is in charge of absolutely everything. With Bishop Strickland no longer being the local ordinary of Tyler, it's almost like he's become a much bigger thing. <laughs> and he'd hate me saying this because that's not what how he thinks of himself. But right. it's almost like he, he's been given a bigger mission now because it's like, OK, I'm no longer the local ordinary of one particular s- small city. Uh, I now have a duty to preach to the whole church. And and he's trying he's filling a void there. He's filling filling of a, a void that that never should have existed in the first place, because each of our shepherds should have been this. But too many 
are just have become just company men. And, and it's like you sit through a half hour homily that they give and they haven't said a single thing that edified you, that, that inspired you, that, that inspired you to really strive to become a saint and give your all. Right. But it's like every time Strickland or, or some, or then there's others like him. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Every time they open their mouth, it's like you're inspired. And that, that's what a shepherd should be. I, I think of the early church and I just, that, that, that's, that's there. Think, look at how many martyrs. What was it of the first 50 or something popes, like 40 or something were martyrs. I, right. I, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's something like that. Uh, they're saying canonized saints with the, almost all of them and just tons of martyrs. I'm sorry. I'm going to botch the numbers because I can't remember them exactly, but that's, you know, that's, you know, that's what is, as they say, it's why they, the Cardinals have the red shoes and then the Pope has the red shoes. And it's, it's this call to be a true good shepherd who what lays down his life for the sheep. Yes. And when you see a shepherd doing that, that's one of the most terrifying things for the demons to see mm, yeah because that is also the most powerful thing yeah yeah I mean it, it, so much of it speaks to you know following the example of the Blessed Mother let it be done to me according to thy word it's it's you know the, the total fiat the total giving of oneself you know for the will of God and, and speaking of Our Lady um you you mentioned uh um, Immaculate and mm -hmm. your conversation with her but I don't know if you went into the detail you did before we started of what what the Rwandan genocide, the chastisement of the genocide, which was obviously 12 years prior prophesied by Our Lady to the, those teenage girls that saw this. They saw images of this this horrible, horrible brutality. Um, but that was not just for Rwanda, was it? What, right. Talk a bit more about that message, because th there's a bigger picture here that people have to really should really should be looking at. Yeah. And that's it's just breaking my I know it breaks immaculate's heart more than mine but but it's just mm -hmm. to think that our lady came to warn about the rwanda genocide of course so our lady of cabello it, it's approved at the highest levels so it's got a vatican approval so and very few apparitions even have that so this is clearly our lady came to cabello to give these messages she, she had a number of uh, many messages but it was really as always a reiteration of the essentials the rosary confession eucharist and if this did not happen it, it was an if, it's always a conditional. I mean, there's certain things that are set in stone, but the, but most of it's conditional. If this does, if my messages are not heated, there's going to be rivers of blood. And Immaculate was telling me, um, people then hearing these messages were thinking, okay, okay, even if this, first of all, it's private relations, we don't even need to listen. So, and that's why Immaculate keeps saying, if only we had listened. But even those who did acknowledge it probably was Our Lady speaking, they, they were thinking, okay, well, maybe... Um, this might, this must be, she must be talking about something hundreds of years from now at the earliest. This must, this, mm -hmm. but no, it was, it was a decade from then. The people who heard that message, they were still alive and they saw, they were either themselves murdered or they saw a million innocent people murdered, not by some military people who were just following orders, not that that makes it okay, but by their own neighbors who, who were infested with this diabolical spirit. And that message, that warning, our Lady said at Cabejo, this is not just for Rwanda. This warning is for the whole world. So when you have these people saying, oh, it's private revelation, just ignore it. It doesn't matter. Uh, how can heaven say something and it doesn't matter? <laughs> it's, it, it, is it contradicting the Bible? Is it contradicting the catechism? No, it's it's reiterating. It, it, it's emphasizing the essence of this. So if you're already this unbelievable state, then then maybe you could validly say, okay, whatever, it's just revelation. But most of us aren't. We need that extra incentive. We need that extra reminder, which is probably 99.99% of us, including me. Our lady's coming down from heaven to give us that. Mm -hmm. And she's reminding us to fast, to pray, to pray the rosary above all, mass confession and if we're sleeping as we said earlier if we're sleeping through those calls from heaven we better not act surprised we better not act act offended when the things she foretold start to happen yeah I think the lady that's a, came to fatima the annihilation of nations yeah and that's a key part if i quick follow-up to it that's a key part that we just have to realize is that these warnings have been around for a long time and and this is one of those 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 concepts that we just have to grasp and really take a look at we we don't know when this is going to unfold. You're right. It was it was such a short amount of time between the time that these teenage girls, I think there were three of them that were were verified as authentic at the time. And one of them, if I'm not mistaken, died in the genocide, in the attack. 
um, and the brutality of, of a million or so people dying and an estimated 500,000 women, girls and elderly women in all ages were were raped, sexually assaulted. It was it was just brutality and savagery on on a scale that even people who've studied genocides will say that the Rwanda genocide was worse than any of the genocide for the very point you brought up, Daniel. And that is that neighbors were doing this to neighbors. And these people you'd live next door to for years, all of a sudden are, are slaughtering each other. It, it, it's just, it's unthinkable. And when you hear in documentaries, investigation interviews with some of those who took part in some of the slaughter, one individual said in a documentary, it was as if a dark cloud came over us and we just, we just were taken over by it. I mean, if that doesn't tell you a good idea of what's going on there. But the point that you made that Immaculate even said is that this is not just isolated to Rwanda. And my concern is, and Father, you know, we have talked about this so many times on the podcast, is that we have a natural immune system. And when you take care of the immune system, you know, through health, diet, you know, fasting, intermittent fasting and such, you know, and fast and such, I mean, good things that help you be strong, you can resist viruses and so forth much, much better. You weaken your immune system, you're more vulnerable. Spiritually, our immune system is so weak. If we've drifted away from these basic pieces that we keep hammering here and that Our Lady has been hammering, prayer, sacraments, you know, devotion to our Blessed Mother, confession, and above all, adoration, devotion, to the Eucharist and a deep love for the Eucharist. And then, of course, you know, Daniel, we've got all these peripheral pieces, these, these accessories that go with it. We've got, you know, the, the brown scapular, for example. You know, we've mm -hmm. got, yeah, you've got it there. And somewhere in here, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've got blessed salt and holy water, and, and we've got the lives of saints and the reading of the lives of saints and all these great things that are also pieces that can strengthen us in this. Um, and these are all, of course, very, very important. Uh, but back to the point about Our Lady, these warnings and 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 the fact that, you know, Father, you've been saying for so many years now, golfing and shopping is what a lot of people, you know, just want to do. They don't want to pay attention to this sort of thing. Daniel, in your opinion and with what you've studied and, of course, some of the the modern day alleged seers and visionaries, and like like you've said very clearly, there's no certainty to some of these, of course, but some of them look very solid and certain mm -hmm. things have come to pass that they said would in different areas, such as October was was said to be a key month as to a beginning of an increase in escalation of trials and tribulations. And if, if anybody can't see what took place, especially in Israel and the Holy Land, you know, and now we're on the verge of who knows, who knows where this could go and how quickly. Mm -hmm. But what you see, what you study, and with the prophecies, as well as, you know, just philosophy and such, um, do you think that this is going to unfold more quickly than people realize, or do you think we've got time? Just from what you hear, what you've studied, what's your thought on that? I wish we had more time. <laughs> that's that's what I think a lot of people are going to find themselves saying mm -hmm. in the upcoming months. They're going to say, I thought we would have more time, and I don't want to be caught as one of the people saying that mm -hmm. when what happens, when what's coming comes in the upcoming months. I want to make sure that I'm using this this window of opportunity that we've been given. You know, it looked like it was all coming down in COVID and, and it really was. That was like our, our, as we said, I think we talked about that in the last webcast. That was like our, our, our boot camp. Mm. But the boot camp is going to come pretty close before the, the real thing. And, and when I look at what's happening with the church and the world in parallel, this couldn't have been orchestrated mm. i mean when, when we see this great apostasy brewing with this synod on synodality and they're trying and this isn't me i'm just no i'm no one important i'm just some idiot but when we see cardinals and bishops the best of the best warning this they're trying to not just insert this or that error they're trying to overthrow the essence of the moral teaching of the church you can't imagine a more serious situation this makes the arian heresy look like nothing I mean, well, what they're trying to do right now, they're trying to overturn everything, not just one uh, confused conf confusion in, in Christology. They're trying to overthrow the whole thing. Mm. And then when we combine that with what's going on in the world, it hasn't, nothing's gotten better since World War III's rumbling started with Russia invading Ukraine 
And then it just has gotten worse and worse and worse. And then we, as you said, we see October. I can't see any retreat back from this point of no return. We're approaching so quickly right now. And and I always hope, and I, and I of course, I've, I don't know the future at all. I hope we have to, I, I, love, and I know I say this, I, like I, I hear I'm ringing the alarm. I love my life. I love my job. I love my family. I got five young kids. I, I love, I don't want any of this to be happening. I'm not yeah. saying this because I because I have some morose delectation because I'm some because because I derive entertainment from this. I'm saying this because it's true, because our lady is saying this because all the signs of the times point to this that yeah. in these coming months, perhaps even the very next year, while yeah. this synod is going on, we could see these events, these long prophesied events of the great chastisement, the great apostasy, the warning, the the persecution of the Antichrist. We could very well see all of that starting to open up in the next year, I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. So make sure your soul is ready and do everything you can to get the souls ready of those near you. Proclaim the faith as well. It's not just you you're answering for. It's a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Can we avoid the chastisement? I mean, these are called warnings. These are prophecies. These are apparitions uh, that that were gifted to us to warn us. Uh, warning to me means uh, do this or else, mm-hmm. but there still is hope. I think that we can avoid a chastisement. I mean, we're we're not even allowed to talk about these warnings, right? Because we're fear mongers, aren't mm-hmm. we? Right. You know, we're we're instilling fear and get, you know stop doing that. Because why we we want to just go over there and sleep. So leave mm-hmm. us alone while we sleep, right. will you please? <laughs> um, and I I just I I don't. I, I, you know, if, if we're not careful, we could get very desperate. That was actually a word that uh, had my attention all morning. I was getting ready mm-hmm. for mass. Uh, we get in these desperate, hopeless, you know, nothing's going to get us out situations. And I don't want to say that. I, I, you know, what would avert a chastisement at this point? And, and I don't think that, I don't think there's just one answer. Well, you can't, we're not, it's just going to happen. Um, what could happen for us to avert a chastisement? Everything can always be changed until it's in the past. Then it it can't be changed. (laughs) Right. I don't believe, and then you, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I I don't think the chastisement at this point can be completely averted. I think we're too late for that. You know, the, the, this modern era of apparitions, it started with Fatima and that was over a hundred years ago now. And when we go on from that to to so many others and Akita and Cabejo and, and, and just, I don't think it can be completely averted, but, but don't focus on the fact, even if I'm right, I hope I'm wrong, but even if I'm right, don't focus on that. Don't focus on the fact that it can't be completely averted. Focus on the fact that it can be hugely mitigated yeah. by what you do now. Yeah. You can hugely mitigate in scope and severity and duration the chastisement. Mm-hmm. And that so much hinges on your prayers and your good works and your mm-hmm. sacrifices and your fasting and your closeness to our Lord in the Eucharist. So much hinges on that right now. So don't ever, the worst thing you could become is a defeatist where you think, Okay, it's set in stone. I just got to wait. That's the opposite of what we're called to. I we're guess called I to be just, an active participant. I, yeah. I guess I just wish, and here's the word I use a lot, uh, revival. And mm-hmm. there's the classic image of that when you see, you know, uh, scores of people, you know, hundreds of thousands out there and, the, and they're, you know, praying and have a jamboree or whatever. Uh, that's a classic Christian version of a revival. But wouldn't it be great if we got to that place where, and we're in the midst of a Eucharistic revival, uh, but I'm sorry, and this is just my perspective. Um, speaking of sleep, you know, it's a big yawner. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see anything that's making a great impact. Okay, go to adoration more. Okay, well, yeah, well, we've been seeing that for years. So, what's the uh, so? Is it happening? I, yeah. I think we need a revival, uh, a real down to earth, you know. Uh, revival and and you, can you imagine just hundreds of thousands maybe millions of catholics out uh together and just calling upon god and, and saying spiritual lord and and uh i don't know uh, yeah well i've seen that happen but the church too too many in 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 the institutions and, and don't want to look to where it's happening and i don't know if we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I, I've seen it at apparition sites. I've been on pilgrimages and I've seen a hundred thousand young people in adoration. Yeah. I stumbled upon a group of a hundred thousand young people 
in adoration of our Lord, this apparition wow. site in Bosnia, wow, where you could hear a pin drop. Wow. You you walk up in a mountain in the middle of the night thinking you're alone, and then your eyes start adjusting, and you're surrounded by hundreds of people on their knees in the rocks praying the rosary. And like this is at this is what Our Lady is bringing awake about: awake and praying with awake the Lord. in the middle of the night. Yeah. yeah. So we need to be awake, and and a revival, absolutely. I think this remnant, there's a remnant, but we we want to make that remnant so big that it's that it's a big right. part of the world. As much as, as big as possible. And don't ever limit your aspirations in that regard. God can do anything. He can still bring about anything, as I said, until it's in the past. When it's in the past, it's, it's past. But what's looking forward, we never limit what God can bring about. We have absolute hope, not only in heaven, above all in heaven, of course, but we also have hope, as the Catholic Encyclopedia says, that our, our material object of hope is Christ's triumph on earth. He can do anything and he will. If we persevere, if we, as Bishop Strickland says here, resolve to stand resolutely at the cross because the bride of Christ, the church, is now undergoing her passion. But that comes before her resurrection. Yeah, you know, Father, at the risk of being the the bucket of cold water here, (laughs) uh, (laughs) not not that I would ever choose to do that or be that. This is my shock face. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> That's not shocking, you mean? <laughs> no, I have a tendency to, to come across this way. I, I'm not the glass half full or half empty guy. I'm the guy that says the glass is broken and it's not really holding anything in it anymore. So. Uh, but, but the honest truth of the matter is realistically, and not pessimistic here, uh, but not falsely optimistic, realistically, you know, when Our Lady warned in 1917 that there would be a Second World War if man did not stop offending God, and that was what she said. If you do not stop offending God, there'll be a mm-hmm. Second World War much worse than this one, which ended in 1918, World War One. And I, I can only imagine that the, the adults, the authorities at the time when they heard this, you know, would have thought, well, these kids are crazy to say this. No one's ever going to do this again. World War One is the worst war we've ever had. It's considered the Great War, the war to end the all last wars. war, right. Yeah, the last war. This is going to do it. Mankind will never reach this level of barbarism again. Mm -hmm. 21 years, roughly. Okay, 20 years, 1918 to 1938, roughly. And then Hitler starts really getting down and dirty with the Blitzkrieg and and then the camps and and all the, the, the brutality was was again beyond what anybody thought man could do. When, it, when you look at the, the killing machine trying to eradicate all, all Jews and anybody else that really got in the way. Okay. Now, at the time of World War II, the divorce rate in America, if I'm not mistaken, was around like 10%. And the percentage of people that went to mass faithfully in the 1940s, give or take, was I think 75, 80%, some numbers like that. I, I forget what the exact word, but they were pretty high. All right. Now our divorce rate is between 50 and 60%. Before COVID hit, the mass attendance in America was somewhere around 20, 21%. And I think, Father, we've talked about this so many times that the research shows that only about 30%, 30, 31% of Catholics actually believe Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist. Everybody else thinks, yeah, whatever. Okay. In Europe, before COVID, I had heard that the mass attendance was combined around 5% faithful Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. You're talking places like France. Spain, France, right. the eldest daughter, daughter of, the of the church. Yes, <laughs> yes. And and 5%? In, incredible. So yeah, what are we saying there. to heaven? What, what, Daniel? I was just saying it's it's like it's almost gone in the eldest daughter of the exactly. church. Exactly. The faith. Yeah. So what are we saying to heaven now when back when World War II was allowed and unleashed on the earth, you know, marriage was better, divorce rate Okay, it was 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 so much smaller. We didn't have to deal with pronouns and the gender issue and the human trafficking issue. We did have problems. There's always been problems. But social media alone today and and the ugliness of what comes through social media and not just the attacks on one another, but just the darkness that's out there that we know exists. So again, if you look at that, it doesn't look great for us right now. I will say though, that we know in the history of the church that when times are darkest, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, God always raises up warriors and saints in these times. We've had the greats like the Mother Angelicas, the Mother Teresa, you know, the John Paul II, John Paul the Great. You know, we've had um, Padre Pio, Fulton Sheen, um, Father Heilman. We've got the greats out there right now. Yeah, there he is, his eminence. Yeah. 
but you know, Daniel, I guess your thoughts on that again, not to sound negative. Cause well, look, I'm, I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you brought the bucket of cold water. In. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. Well, because you know, I mean, it, 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 it should still motivate us. And look, right. I'm the guy that still, I got the crazy sense of humor. Okay. I'm still going to run around with I'm my helmet. Still going to have my helmet there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm not a down, I'm not a, 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 you know, I'm not a doom and gloomer, I guess is what I'm saying. All right. right. I just realistically think, hey, the signs of the times are pretty clear that we're in a bad way. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think that there needs to be a I'll, I'll say this to audience. We need to be mature and responsible as Catholics, as Christians of all denominations. And look at the fact that if we got a category five hurricane coming to the coast, you can't turn away and just say, oh, I just I'm just going to believe that it's not going to hit. If it's at your doorstep and it looks like it's about to disrupt your entire society and community you still need to prepare for it and still need to take steps, take the measures that are important enough for yourself and those around you, your loved ones. And I think spiritually we're seeing a category 10 hurricane that's already unfolding on us. And I just think if we don't really hunker down and we husbands and fathers make sure that our families know that there is no doubt that the rosary is an extension of who we are. I always say this when I die and I'm laying in my casket, God will, and God gives me, you know, a, a funeral where you could view my body because we just don't know how we're going to end. But if I'm in that place and my kids and my grandkids walk up to view my body and I got eight grandkids and five kids and they come up to see me, I never wanted them to look down at me and see that rosary wrapped around my hands lying there in the casket and have them say, what's that? Mm. He never mm -hmm. did that. I don't know mm -hmm. why that's on his hands. I want them to come up and see the rosary and say, oh yeah, that was what my dad was all about. If we weren't in the mood, yeah, right. No if matter it wasn't what, the mood. if it the wasn't, mood. if we weren't, if we were busy, we still did it. We still prayed it. If we weren't, yeah. if if we, if there was a game on, we still prayed it. If they, yeah. <laughs> whatever, we yeah. every day commitment and discipline. Yeah, right, and responsibility. So, Daniel, your thoughts on the reality of the times? And I, I'm with Father, though. I'm hopeful that we can, as you said, mitigate this. Mm -hmm. Let's get serious about it, everybody. Let's get let's get the fasting going. I say mm -hmm. six days a week. Do something that, that's an act of mortification or fasting. Skip a meal. You know, eat your meal 30 minutes later. Eat half of what you were going to eat. Drink water for the day instead of your coffee or your soft drinks. You know, cut out sugar. Okay, do things that will not only make you healthy, but it will also mortify you enough, mortify your senses so you can feel the suffering a little bit. Feel something. You know, yeah, feel make it, it even if it's a little. It's yeah, even if it's a little. With. I'm yeah, not saying, yeah. Yeah, go on. Your thoughts on all that, Dan? No, yeah, I'm not saying oh, only do little things, but like, like that's yeah. a great start. You know, never forget these words: a little is infinitely better than nothing. Ah, that's good. <laughs> infinitely better. Yeah, and, and and please work towards the bigger things as well. You know that that's important. But but like have seeing one cracker. Like sometimes I see one cracker and I just need that cracker. Like I need it. But, it, but if I just say, no, I'm not going to have that one cracker because this person needs prayers. These souls need prayers. Mm -hmm. maybe, I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating the importance of it. But I don't know. I try to say, okay, as an act of love in the divine will, I give up having that stupid little cracker that I really want right now because I see that cracker on the table. I, like I was fast, trying to fast one day and I saw a single Cheerio on, on the pew, on the pew in front of me as I was praying in church. And I wanted that Cheerio. It's like some kid <laughs> must have dropped it in there a few hours before. I wasn't, I could have eaten it. I wasn't in mass. It wouldn't have broken. Probably slobber all I wanted, it. there's probably <laughs> slobber on it, but I wasn't yeah. thinking about that. I just wanted that Cheerio. So I, I gave up having that Cheerio in church <laughs> nice. while I was in my holy hour. <laughs> Can't remember nice. who I offered that up for. But I believe <laughs> that even a little thing like that can, can build up enormous treasures in heaven. So don't ever get discouraged. If you like, I'm a knucklehead. I'm terrible at fasting. I'm going to try to do better this Advent, but don't get discouraged if you can't be awesome, like, like Doug or Father Heilman. If only, if you can only start with a little thing that might look pathetic and easy, that that can be infinitely valuable if you do it with I, love and the divine will, mm -hmm. and you build up from there. Yeah. And I, yes, I, I think this storm is coming. I don't think we can avoid it at all. But I think I don't think we can avoid it. But I think we can hugely mitigate it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that the word itself sacrifices sacrificare. To make mm -hmm. holy, mm -hmm. right? And I think again, just to uh, keep rolling on the the uh, the analogy is that to make holy means that I'm awake, I'm alert, I am alive uh, with my Lord, not over there sleeping. Yeah, yeah. and um, and I, that's what a punch the cock Catholic I think you know can can be identified as too. But anyways, Daniel, uh, I think our time is up. This has been great. Yeah. I just want to say this that. I am so grateful for 
your love. And what do I mean by that is that I said earlier that, you know, we and other people like us who actually talk about warnings and prophecies and, and things like that uh, get accused of, you know, fear mongering and that I don't, I don't see that at all. In fact, I see it as someone who truly loves the Lord, but loves their neighbor and wants mm -hmm. to know what our Lord is trying to tell us through these warnings, through these apparitions, through, through these prophecies and that, and get that message out to as many people as possible. And you obviously have dedicated yourself to this. And again, I just think that's what real love looks like. I really do. And yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful for. Well, thank you, Father. I, I yeah. I'm unworthy. I, I'm I am truly a miserable sinner and an unworthy. As um, if you think you're unworthy, I'm more unworthy. But but I do I do love our Lord and I do love you and I and I'm trying to get His words out. So please listen to Him. Mm -hmm. I'm a knucklehead. Forget about me. But just remember what He's trying to tell us today. Thank listen you, to Him. You, You'll be okay. You, thank you so much. Yeah. I'd like you. to do a right. podcast with your wife as well and get her thoughts on what father just said. No, you don't want it. You don't want to hear what she says about me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <No. I'm kidding. laughs> All right. Let's end with a prayer in the name of the yes. father, son, the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Come Holy spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. May almighty God bless you. The father, the son, and the Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Daniel, Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for being with us again. Thank brother. you for having me. God awesome. bless you both.